everybody has problems. Every marriage goes through um, struggles. And so we just think that these steps to reconciliation and some of these things that we did can really help a lot of marriages. Hey, I'm Rusty. And I'm Heather. And we're the Bryants, and this is the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. We are here to encourage healthy marriages, strengthen wounded marriages, and begin the process of restoration to broken marriages. We aren't licensed counselors, but we are a redeemed couple that loves the Lord and wants to help you journey through this messy, challenging, and fun part of life called marriage. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. This is Rusty and Heather Bryant, and we're excited to be bringing you this week Season 2, Episode 5. And for this season, we have been specifically talking about our story from 10 years ago. And for those of you that might be just tuning in for the first time and don't really know much about us and our story... Um, You can go back and listen to some of these previous episodes, but on August the 23rd of 2011, uh, Heather confessed to being unfaithful in our marriage. And so we've been taking our story and just all of the things that we've learned from our story and in the aftermath of the story and just how God really redeemed us. Um, redeemed our marriage, and we've been taking taking that for this season and just really unpacking the story a little bit deeper and making sure that people understand and hopefully we can uh, give some encouragement to marriages out there. So um, today we're going to actually be talking specifically about the days that came after the confession. And we're just going to be diving in and talking about the road to rec- the road to reconciliation. And so, basically, we want to give some steps for healing um, in a marriage. Uh, and we really think that there's so many things, different things that we're going to talk about here that it really you don't have to necessarily be someone that faced the same issue that we faced, but. Everybody has problems. Every marriage goes through um, struggles. And so we just think that these steps to reconciliation and some of these things that we did can really help a lot of marriages. So you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. All right. So the last couple of weeks, we uh, we talked about two weeks ago, we, we went, we dove into the confession. And we just talked a lot about the details of that particular night and when you confessed and then this past week we uh, kind of went a step further and just talked about how marriages can't have secrets like there needs to be trust there needs to be honesty and so really that's where the road to reconciliation starts so that's why that's why this is our next um, our next podcast in this season is because really you can't start the road to reconciliation without the confession and things being brought into the light and no more secrets. And again, doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be that you're confessing to your spouse that um, you've been unfaithful, but it can be just anything that needs to be reconciled in your marriage. Um, So I think the first thing that we just need to kind of throw out there and I guess probably make it the biggest point of all is that when... The confession happened, and we knew that we were about to start on this journey that we were hoping would 
lead to reconciliation. We knew that we really just had to take it seriously. Like it was not something that was going to be brushed under the rug. And I feel like that that's a lot of times when marriages have problems and issues in marriage and whether they're really big like us or even smaller things, people just don't want to deal with it. They would just rather it go away and just brush it under the rug. And I don't know that we intentionally, okay, sweep it. (laughs) I mean, you're over there making fun of me. She's going, no, no, it's not brush it under the rug. It's sweep it under the rug. You can. How hey, did you get all of that from my sweeping motion? I've I've been with you a long time. I thought the saying was, and I'm usually the one that messes it, up saying. Hey, it could be sweep. It could okay. be brush. If I want to, maybe I sweep with a brush. Uh, nobody, you don't know. Uh, maybe sweep it under the rug <clears throat> oh my dear goodness <laughs> anywho so uh yeah but we we i don't know that we intentionally from the very beginning said oh we're not going to sweep this under the rug mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to make sure that we deal with it and deal with it in the right way but over the coming days and the few days after we we certainly came to a point where we knew that we had to take it seriously and deal with it. So when at the initial, I mean, when you initially told me everything, did did you want to sweep it under the rug or brush it under the rug? <laughs> Either one? Um, you know, I think that looking back on it, I think that yes, initially it just I felt like it would be easier just to not let anybody know. Um, and of course we didn't have that um, luxury of making that decision because it was very public. But I can remember thinking this would be easier if it wasn't public and then it would just be us and it would be easier um, just to um, sweep it under the rug. But I know, but looking from this side of it, Um, I understand that that would not have been healthy, that it may have been easier, but then the problems are still there. Yeah. Um, You know, sweeping it under the rug just doesn't solve anything. It's the problems are still there. I remember looking back on that first night and, you know, you mentioned that it was that it was public, but it really didn't Mm -hmm. get public until, you know, several days later. And so there was about a two or three day period in there where, um, I mean, there were actually a few people that knew. And I think there were some people that actually encouraged us to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, we didn't know that we were dealing with it in the way we were dealing with it, but we immediately did some things. So, I mean, just to be totally transparent here, I mean, that's what we want to do is to be, because I think that people, a lot of times they say, how do you, how did y'all deal? You know, how did you deal with this? Or how did you get past this? Or what can we do? You know, when Mm -hmm. people come to us and say, what can we do? Well, and, and there's, you know, there's just not a playbook for this thing. And so we're just going to kind of tell you some of the things and be really transparent about what we did. But like to show that we did it, that we were taking it very seriously. I mean, first of all, I mean, we stopped sleeping in the same bed together. Mm -hmm. Like 
I mean, I think people probably ask that question to themselves. Are we, what do we, what do we do here? Yeah, well, I mean, they've I'm, asked, we've had several people yeah, ask that. Yeah. I mean, until, until we were comfortable with that again, until mm-hmm. I was comfortable sure. with that again, like that was just something that we made sure because, and it was, and I think that that was kind of the first way of me saying we're serious. I'm, I'm serious yeah. about this. Mm-hmm. And you also, I mean, a few days later, uh, when more of the information came out, um, you actually stayed at your parents' house mm-hmm. for a while. And, and that wasn't your decision. That was my mm-hmm. decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wanted to just separate you from us for right. a time. And that didn't mean, I mean, we were still, you were still mom and you were still mommy mm-hmm. to these boys because you were a good mommy. And you are a good mommy. Thanks. They have to say. Um, but I, we would work it out to where you would come and help at night. Mm-hmm. And this didn't go on for very long, mm-hmm. but it was until I was ready. Sure. And you would come help at night, and then your dad would actually bring you over here mm-hmm. before the before the mm-hmm. boys woke up. So I left after they went to sleep, and because mm-hmm. they were young, and yeah, we didn't, we just didn't want to traumatize them. That's right. That's right. Um, Trying to keep things normal for yeah. them. Yeah, and. I took your phone. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are probably listening to this going, what, what? in the world? Uh-huh. But and we've even said that to some people who've looked yeah. at us like we yeah. have lost our minds. But that was a source of communication mm-hmm. for me at that point. And it just was better for me to not have it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, one of the things that I that I remember about those first few days, and this is one of those things that I just think can be a massive help to anybody that's having any sort of marital tension or strife. It doesn't have to be um, as extreme as an affair. But one of the things that I remember more than anything were those next, I mean, probably several weeks, but really those first few days, we went on lots of walks mm-hmm. together. And they were sometimes here at the house. Sometimes they were during the day when the kids mm-hmm. were at school and stuff. Sometimes they were over from your parents' mm-hmm. house because I remember us walking over in that area. And we just talked, like mm-hmm. real talk. Mm-hmm. And I think that communication, you know, we were, you know, you get to the point where we were, and obviously there was some lack of communication. Mm-hmm. And we got to a point where we were just talking about real stuff. Like mm-hmm. I was even opening up and telling you things that I never felt like I could tell you before. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden it was like everything, no more mm-hmm. secrets. Everything's in the light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember those being some really powerful times together. Yeah. Yep, and good communication that we had not had for a really, really long time. And just being open and honest with each other, like you said, was just so important. And you told me some things that I remember you telling me things that had bothered you or had you had been struggling with about me. And I don't think you ever felt comfortable enough before that just to to tell me, you yeah. know, to say um different things and they were just good conversations Mm -hmm. and I do think that a lot of that is because we got to a point where it was like all right everything's in the open Mm -hmm. everything's got to be in the light and then that was when we decided we're not sweeping this under the rug we're gonna sit here and deal with this and And so it was just an opportunity hey it's time I mean while we're here we're gonna deal with it all right and and that was that was great for us. Yep. And we've encouraged a lot of couples to do that, to just like, 
don't even, I mean, don't rush past. I know everybody wants to get past it mm-hmm. and get to the other side of whatever the conflict is, but not, and I'm not even, I'm not saying to enjoy it because a lot of it is not enjoyable, but you will look back on it like we did and just remember how, how sweet those times of just making sure that it's all being, being sure. dealt with. You know, I think that some, that one thing to say is, um, it's so easy to listen to like our story and and think if somebody's really in in a bad place right now like I really want to get there and want to get there fast mm. but like we are 10 years yep. out yeah i mean 10 years right now did reconciliation and re- redemption and restoration take 10 years no but it didn't happen quick no and, and I, you know, I, it, we've talked before, like, just don't miss the journey yeah. in it. Yep. Um, don't wish so much that you were past it, that you jump over all the hard stuff to get past it without doing the work. Yeah. And jumping over, you don't want to jump past all the things you're going to learn. Right. Because if we had jumped past everything, all of this that we're that we're telling you and about mm-hmm. to tell you, we would have never experienced any of it. That's right. And then and also it's it's just like, you know, you hear people that get divorced or um you know, this happens to and they don't want to they don't want to deal with it. And so they get divorced and then they marry somebody else and those same problems are still there. That's right. Like you you know, it's you think, oh, I'm going to get out of this and move over here or move over there and do something different, but you're still there. The problems are still there. Like who you are and the things that you are um, choosing to not deal with are still there. So deal with it and and go through these learning times. Yeah, so just to bring you back to our story for just just a second and then move on to some some more really practical things and things that we how we walked through this road of reconciliation. Um, one of the things was we knew that there, there had to be some immediate changes, like, you know, communication that you were having had to, had to stop. Like right. we, we had to stop those, those things. And right. it was, I mean, those were just no brainers, but mm-hmm. then, you know, even to show things have to be different. You and I were supposed to sing, mm-hmm. um, on that coming up Sunday at church. Mm-hmm. Your dad, um, was the minister of music at our church and he was the first person that we told mm-hmm. because I called you when I was on my way to tell him that we weren't going to sing and because there was no way I was standing sure. up in front of people and mm-hmm. faking that. Mm-hmm. And it, I just knew that that was not the right thing to do. And so I called you and I said, I'm going to tell your dad. And if you want to be there with me, you can. Mm-hmm. And so we went together and told him. And of course, he was a wonderful father and father-in-law. And he actually um, connected us that first day. We were able to get in with a counselor that after. He mm-hmm. told us, he said, I want y'all, I want to send y'all to counseling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was still in those, I mean, within hours of of everything coming out and you know i didn't even know i didn't know if we could if the marriage could be saved but your dad said i want to send you to counseling i'll I'll pay for it and by that afternoon we were there right and so 
counseling is one of those things that I never in my life dreamed that I would mm-hmm. be a part of or mm-hmm. be on that side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about this before, but you know, our credentials in this marriage ministry is that we have a story and a testimony mm-hmm. and that is the best, that is, that is our credentials and right. those are the best credentials mm-hmm. because we're a picture. Um, but I do have a seminary degree and I'm a licensed minister and I've been on church staffs. And so I've been on the side of counseling, the side where I've offered counsel, but I never dreamed I would have to sit in a counselor's office. And I think in, I think today it's starting to lessen, but I think even 10 years ago, it was, you know, like, Oh, you need to go to counseling. It was, it had such a negative connotation Mm -hmm. to it, but but now, like, I think so many people, like, I've literally heard at least three pastors, maybe four, in their preaching say, I was talking to my, you know, counselor about right. blah, 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 blah. Like, it's just good to have somebody to talk to and and to be able, especially if you get a biblical counselor, you get somebody that is um, pouring um, truth mm-hmm. over you and, and what does scripture say about this? Because if you go to somebody who just gives you your their opinion, who cares? You need mm-hmm. somebody speaking truth over you. And, and, but I think at that time it was, it was a quote, quote, embarrassing thing right. if you had to go to a counselor. And I don't think that that's how it is today. I would encourage anybody yeah. um, to, yeah. to um, seek counseling, um, especially um, if about your marriage, if you're having trouble in your marriage. And of course, we, I'd love to talk about how we got into our mentors mm-hmm. and things like that, which is the same type thing. But just being free to talk to somebody um, I think that we were in a place of uh, wanting, like almost to where we had on a mask of where, you know, have a great marriage, we have a great family, and to pull that down was painful. Right. Um, and to walk into a counseling um, office was was painful for us because we were admitting that we needed help. Yeah. And, and because of where we were at that time in our life, that was hard to do. Yeah. It's not hard anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're a mess. We're, yeah. we're okay with that. But I think you're exactly right. I mean, it is a little more, I guess, normal for people to go to counseling, um, and it's not as a, an embarrassment, I guess you could say. But there are people out there that they, they just don't feel comfortable and don't think they need marital counseling. And, right. you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of nothing. there. And, and, you know, maybe it's not just you know, I got to go and sit in front of a counselor that I'm paying for, but it, but it could be just finding another couple that can mm-hmm. pour life into you. I mean, An we had, couple. yeah, I mean, we older had somebody ask us the other day mm-hmm. about, um, just getting on a zoom call with them. They don't even live around here. Yeah. And those are the kind of things that like you need to be able and be comfortable asking for help. Yeah. Even if, it, even if you don't necessarily need help, mm-hmm. you just, so I guess it kind of moves us into this next um, part that was we went to a counselor first and we had to change counselors quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing, nothing that the counselor himself mm-hmm. did, uh, but we had to change counselors and went to a wonderful, wonderful counselor for probably the next almost year, yeah. just off and on. And I went sometimes by myself. You went sometimes by yourself. Mm-hmm. We went together. And the very first um, mm-hmm. session that we had, 
she told you to go find a mentor. Both of us. Yeah, yeah, both yeah, she of us. Said, which part of it was she was going to be out of town for two weeks, and she didn't want that, you know, time to lapse. But 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 yep. she said before you leave the parking lot. Yep. I want both of y'all to have a, a mentor. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and like I mean, if you want to tell. A yes. little bit. I know you've mentioned that before in one of our Ooh. previous episodes, but if you want to tell that real quick, sure. that's a great story. Yeah, so I I knew I needed a mentor and because she said I had to have one. And I knew of one per, one lady that was in our church and I was like she's the per I mean, she's the only person that came to my head and to my heart. And obviously God put her there. And I knew she worked. Um, I had her number from when I'd done a Bible study with her several years before, but I knew she was at work, but I called anyway and she answered the phone. I couldn't believe it. I thought, you know, I'm gonna have to leave her a message. And she answered the phone and she said, Heather, I have been on my face since I heard of what happened with you and Rusty. And she said, I knew from the moment I heard that I was going to be journeying with you through this. And I've just been waiting on your call. And I, for someone to be eager enough to, and I mean, she dropped everything Mm -hmm. um, to walk with me um, through this. And, and we still 10 years later meet once a week. She goes um, to see her grandkids every now and then, and we miss a couple of weeks while she's traveling. But when she's in town every week, um, we meet. And that was probably the most powerful counselor that I had. Sure. Is is my mentor that I got to meet with um, every week. And it was somebody God just put on my heart, and he put me on her heart, and we knew I mean, from the moment I heard her voice, I was like, we're doing this. And, um, and she's, but she is a godly, godly woman who points me to scripture and what the word of God says at all times. Yeah. And I did the same thing. I mean, I've, I've thought about, you know, a couple of different people and, um, I ended up reaching out to someone again, that was a little bit older than me, someone that I had a past relationship with, but we weren't just, you know, everyday friends, but it was a a pastor that I respected, um, not my pastor. It was somebody in the area. And um, we started meeting and getting together and just being in touch uh, for several months after that. And, you know, the thing that's really cool about both of our stories, I don't know that we necessarily, like nobody really taught us this or, or explained this, but these people that we reached out to, it wasn't like they were our best buds that we were that, you know, that we were going to hear what we wanted to hear. That's right. Like these were people that, of course, I believe they were ordained by God to be our mentors, but, but it was, it was somebody, I mean, really, honestly, both were just out of the blue. Like, you know, you wouldn't, um, wouldn't have expected those people to, to become our mentors. And, um, It was just a powerful, powerful time for both of us. So highly recommend that to anybody um, is to find somebody that you can uh, be mentored by. Um, And then I would say beyond that was when we really started digging into some deeper stuff like the marriage intensive. And we talked about that in some pretty good detail in an episode, two episodes ago when we talked about the confession because we kind of talked about how we got, how we actually 
got involved and found the intensive. But those are some incredible things. And if you are at a at a you know that point in your marriage where it's kind of you know into the into the road, like I mean, one last chance even. And we weren't there because we had already decided we're fighting for our marriage, but we knew how beneficial it would be. And the other couples that were there, I think they were. I mean, it was like, yeah. this is our last shot That's at right. this. And, man, how powerful that was and just the tools that we learned. I mean, it's stuff that we'll never forget, mm-hmm. and we continue to share that with people. And that's a lot of what we what we share with y'all is based on, yeah. on that intensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we also found some times to do just little small retreats. Or I mean, we were, I mean, our radar was up mm-hmm. and we were looking for every opportunity. And we, I remember doing one right here in our area. We went to a, it was a kind of an overnight, it was a one night, like a Friday night and a Saturday morning type thing. Um, that was just a, again, it was just a way to pour into our marriage. And then we actually went over to, uh, Dallas and went to a weekend retreat, a marriage retreat over there. And it was just, you know, marriage speakers. And so I would just encourage you, you know, you can find those things online and just look for, uh, some good places and good opportunities to go and learn and just reconnect and just connect again with your spouse. And, you know, even those drive, I mean, the drive to, Mm -hmm. to Dallas and the drive back. I mean, I just remember those, being some of the best conversations that we had had in probably our entire marriage. Right, right. Um, Especially on the way home after yeah. they give you so much to think about and talk about and what you think about this, how could we do this different, you know, just just open discussions. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like we were saturating ourself, um, ourselves and our marriage with truth and um, allowing people that God had um, spoken to or used um, to strengthen marriages, just Mm -hmm. allowing them in. Yeah. And I know the other thing that I have said on several occasions when we've talked on these, on the podcasts, um, you know, we were just anything that we could get our hands on to pour into our marriage. And for me, I read so many books, and I had counted at one point from August when everything went down to January. It was in the 30s, like the number of books that I had read. And I actually would love to throw some of those out to people. I'm not going to do that right now, but if you don't follow us on Facebook and Instagram, that's Mm -hmm. usually when we we, we do Twitter as well, but uh, we're pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. So you can find us, um, Three Strands Marriage Ministry is what... Uh, is where you can search for that and find us on Facebook and Instagram. And so throughout this week, I'll try to post some of those uh, books and just give some ideas of some books that I read because there were a ton of them, and they were massive, massive helps to me. Um, But, you know, I think that the biggest part of this, I think people— they want to know how long is this going to last. Yeah. If they're in a if they're in a crisis or they're in some sort of attention, it it, it is one of those time one of those deals where okay, well, all right, we won't we won't sweep it under the rug, but how long can we expect this to last? Mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Because it's different for for everybody, and for us, um, it was very important that we made that we went through every step along the way, and it was okay that it was taking a long mm-hmm. time. 
and we just didn't want to miss anything because we didn't want to have to relearn That's right. from the from the pain because we didn't want the pain to happen again. So, you know, we were just communicating even before we started recording this podcast with uh, someone and they mentioned that it had been eight months and was still really, really hard. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my first thought was, well, eight months is still new. Like that's very raw, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you can't already be on the road to reconciliation at eight months, but you know, it's still a process. It's a process. Um, and I, I mean, I look back on, on those times, you know, and, and I would say even for a couple of years, there were some still some really hard times, but those were the biggest moments of growth for us right. spiritually and in a marriage, yeah. even, even when they were hard. Sure. And I want to say too, that you may not go at the same speed as your spouse. Mm. Like there's, you know, it's not like we moved along at the exact same pace. You know, there were certain, um, times, um, that I might move a little bit faster. And then there were times that you moved a little bit faster and, and certain areas that took me longer to work through that weren't hard for you, you know? And so, um, don't get frustrated with your spouse. If, if a certain time or a certain, um, um, just, you know, a cert- I'm trying to think specifically of a time like in forgiveness or, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying with that, like forgiveness takes, it, you've talked about that being a process, right? Um, that it's different for different couples and mm-hmm. it's different for different people. Yep. And, you know, there's like just with grief, you know, how you go through certain um, stages of that and, and nobody, no one can tell you that this, that this stage is going to last this amount of time and then this one's this amount of time because it's different and I think as you were saying all that it made me really think about how when you're going through it you really do need somebody that you can ask some questions to because Mm -hmm. it may be that if one of you's going and you know at one speed the other's going another somebody may even need to step in at some point and say okay you know you need to move move past that a little because that's that's legit too because right. one of you could be holding the other one back and just saying I'm not, basically I'm hanging this over your head forever yeah, that's right and I'm not moving beyond where I am right mm-hmm. now and sometimes you just need somebody to say come on that's right. you know it's 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 time to move past that part of it that's and right. that's where you need a mentor or another couple that's just investing in you because there were, there were a couple of opportunities where I could have said, forget it. I'm not doing this. Like Mm -hmm. for instance, we had a birthday planned your birth. I had, or it was an anniversary actually, but we had bought tickets to go to see, um, Les Mis and, uh, it was going to happen about a month or so. Mm-hmm. And I could have easily said, no mm-hmm. chance, I'm not taking mm-hmm. you. But it was during all that that I was like, okay, I'm at, I'm, I'm at a spot where we need to get away. And, mm-hmm. I'll, and I, we're going to do that. We also had a trip to Disney planned with our kids. Yeah. And it would have been really easy to say, forget this. That's you know, right. We're not going on. But we went ahead and did it anyway yeah. because we needed those steps in the reconciliation process so so yeah I do think there's people out there that can be a little bit stuck and they need they don't need to stay stuck and as our pastor says it's okay not to be okay but it's not okay to stay Stay there there. that's right so um 
I hope that this has been some really practical stuff uh, for some of you out there to just listen to and to to get some information, get some ideas, and get some thoughts if you're struggling with something. And look, we really do want to hear from you. And so, if you have an opportunity or have a question, you know, reach out to us on so- social media. Um, make sure that you go to our podcast and and follow us and uh, rate it and review it. Those things are really, really important to make sure that our message um, can get to more people. And so um, hopefully this has been an encouragement to you. Hopefully you can look at our story and just see a picture of redemption, a picture of reconciliation, and hopefully you can get on that same road to reconciliation. And until next time, we will see you then.